The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Joining us for some live discussion is Stephen Engel, Bloomberg's Chief North Asia TV correspondent. It's a pity we're not here to talk about Nancy Pelosi because I, I wanted to ask you the question of whether or not, uh, well, well, you don't know yet because she, she hasn't, um, uh, you know, she hasn't actually made the decision yet to go to Taiwan or not. But the question would have been, is Nancy Pelosi in the process of inadvertently handing China a big win? We're not meant to be talking about that. We're meant to talk about, no, let's, let's talk about China Evergrande because there'll be another time uh, once we know what happens with Pelosi's trip. Uh, I don't know. Just teasing it, teasing it. Yeah, yeah. But Evergrande, okay, this is a big story. So they didn't come through with this preliminary restructuring, which I think a lot of people doubted was coming anyway. Um, but what's the significance of it? or asset sales as part of, of course, what would likely be China's largest ever debt restructuring, you know, $300 billion in liabilities, uh, $20 billion in dollar bonds among those total liabilities. Uh, and the sheer size of Evergrande's debt has left, obviously, global investors worried that any collapse, if I'm going to use the C word, uh, could spark financial contagion and curb you know, growth. It, you know, we, we had those PMI numbers that look pretty bad on the manufacturing front. We know, of course, the COVID zero has a dampening effect on growth in the first half of this year. Uh, we, we have to watch this. This is not just dollar bondholders not getting their coupons paid. This is potential systemic risk to banks and other parts of the economy. Yeah, I think we've spoken to someone in this Bloomberg story saying the whole pyramid is collapsing now. So things really kind of worse than they were even a year ago, Steve. I don't want to call the Chinese economy a pyramid, but I get where you're going there. Um, there's there's a big problem because the there's no other sector of the Chinese economy that has as large of an exposure to the property sector than drum roll, please, banking. $7.7 trillion, I think it was the last count, $5.8 trillion U.S. dollars in outstanding mortgages uh, in the banking system in China, and another $1.9 trillion of loans to those developers. So there, if there's a contagion through the property sector uh, with uh, Evergrande at the top of that pyramid going down into the banks, S&P and Deutsche Bank, among others, are saying that there could be between six and a half to seven percent of those outstanding mortgages at risk and that's going to be a big problem obviously for the bank it's tricky to see how the contagion would work in china given that the banking sector is essentially a, a state-backed banking sector that's uh, the key and, yeah and and the government obviously could print money and step and step in but one uh, definite sidebar to this is the reverse wealth effect because uh, people in the past in china over the past say 15 uh, years have been buying real estate and seeing their wealth expand, and now it's going the other direction, and so they're spending less. Absolutely. Look, uh, 
in the last 20 years or so, and I lived in China and lived in Beijing, and, and I owned a property there as well, there was a one-way bet essentially, in property. And they've never really seen a big crash. Yes, the property market in China has, you know, peaks and valleys. It always does. And they rein it in and there's policy. But again, this has been a pretty much of a one-way bet. It's unbelievable some of the, the, the wealth creation by property, from property. But all good things come to an end. And this you know, you alluded to implicit guarantees from the government on on banks and deposits and this and that, but there has not been a lot of guarantees for homeowners and 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 uh, and the developers who are overly indebted. And so that's why there's a lot of concern about the developers. I think heading towards the party Congress, though, you're going to see more policies that are going to be backing these mortgage holders who are now boycotting because at the end of the day, they do not want social unrest tied to this. Let's talk about that and, and what kind of further stimulus we could see announced too, because as you mentioned a couple of moments ago, we did see weakness coming through once again in the China economy in terms of factory activity, unexpectedly yeah. contracting and all of this not boding very well when we're looking to the latter part of the year and very far away from these growth targets that they kind of ditched last week anyway. Yeah, PMI, manufacturing PMI, as we've just been reporting, 49. We were expecting 50.3. Uh, so that's 13 basis points, essentially, away from the consensus. That's a lot. So it's in contraction. And, and we only had one blip upwards in June after Shanghai came back into the into the fold. It was not long-lasting. As Bloomberg Economics says, this is an abrupt loss of momentum. Uh, and the data was grim across the board. Uh, pretty, you know, their, their hot takes on Bloomberg Economics is pretty grim, uh, for sure, for the Chinese economy. What's working the best at the moment in China? Because there's so many areas where we can see fault lines, uh, uh, but yet the country is still growing. The economy is still it's still growing. Yeah, in fits and starts, obviously. There's been some, uh, you know, of course, the property sector, and you have these mortgage boycotts seen in more than 90 cities across China. You do also have uh, various COVID outbreaks and lockdowns. Wuhan was locked down again. So, but as far as the strength, you have to look over at the non-manufacturing PMI held up pretty well, 53.8. That's services, uh, which have come back, boy, in, I think it was April, it was down to 41 because Shanghai is a services-based economy, really, right, with manufacturing on the periphery. But construction is part of that services, uh, non-manufacturing PMI. So you've seen pick up in construction uh, as the government has been encouraging uh, these developers at all costs get these unfinished apartments completed so people will not revolt. Uh, Steve, a quick question on what we're hearing in Hong Kong as well. I mean, you just got out of quarantine. Maybe <laughs> if you'd waited a couple more months, it could have been shorter. Yeah, I don't think my boss would give me a couple more months of vacation, <laughs> I think. I, 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 I did my seven days. And, and, you know, after the fifth day, you're ready to get out. And you've been tested 10 times through five days, mm. right? Uh, rat tests, uh, rapid antigen tests, and also the PCRs. So you, you pretty much know you're standing after five days. So I'm in all, not surprisingly, I'm in support of a five-day quarantine in the hotel. Well, I'm actually, zero I'm in support of. Yeah, the chief executive, John Lee, told the Hong Kong Economic uh, Journal that 
that they would be announcing this very uh, shortly, that uh, they'd be cutting the required days of hotel quarantine. Yep. But he, he said that they're looking at different data to decide on the exact number of days to cut. Have you heard anything about that? And, and also whether or not it's mainland China or foreign countries that are affected first. Yeah, I think they're going to have a different arrangement for mainland China. Um, but as far as the data, they're looking at every possible granular data that they have uh, to determine if there is a risk of letting people out of hotel quarantine with these latest variants, whether it pops up a lot sooner. So th they'll make the decision, at least publicly they will say this, based on their the most readily available data that they have right now, up-to-date data. So okay, we'll we will at some point in the near future talk about Nancy Pelosi and her trip to Asia. So we'll, we'll save that uh, for, uh, you know, another uh, another hour. Thanks very much, Steve. Stephen Engel, our TV correspondent. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.